Welcome everyone to the Grace Church podcast for our I Am Jesus series. My name is John Tiernan and I'm excited to be your host. Our mission here at Grace is to make and be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We hope these conversations help you live out that mission in your everyday life. Today, I'll be doing a deeper dive with Pastor Derek about his message from Sunday and Jesus' statement, I am the door. We'll talk about how to listen to Jesus as well as part of his message that didn't make it to his sermon that he's excited to tell you about. We would love for you to share this podcast with others and be sure to like and subscribe so you get notifications for every episode each week. Let's jump into my conversation with Pastor Derek. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. I'm excited to be here with Pastor Derek and to kick off our podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Pastor D, what are you excited about as we start this podcast? Hey, this is just, this is just so cool to have a kind of a new medium. Uh, we've, we've had this all along, but just to be able to you know, come at a, kind of a more personal level yeah. and, and help people to internalize uh, some of the teachings, some of what they may ex- be experiencing as Christians in today's world. Absolutely. And 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 uh, hopefully to encourage and and to breathe some life into uh, you know to what people are walking through. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. One of the things I'm excited about, in addition to that, you've been my lead pastor for years, but you've become a mentor and a friend to me. I get to be in one-on-one conversations with you and meetings for you, and hear your heart beyond just sermons. And I think this is going to help our congregation connect with you in that way. And I'm really excited for that part of it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, as you know, my family uh, are big fans of yours, right? <laughs> Uh, and you got to hear from my daughter Malia oh. recently. Do you want to share a little bit about oh, that? Oh man, it, it was just such a great and and actually we could probably turn this into a parenting podcast because yeah. I'd love to to hear how you guys are raising your kids because this was just. But I, I got a, a call from your incredible wife Kristen, and uh, she just said, "Hey, uh, we were on our way to school this morning, and and your daughter Malia uh, prayed for me and prayed that." Uh, that I wouldn't get the germs, the germs, which yeah. I, I that was a great thing, and, and just that you know God would be working in my life, and so that it was just such a cool, such a cool thing. Is that it? So is 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 that something that Kristen does every morning with a, like on the way to school? Or We've do you kind have... of both just kind of got in the habit. I got to give Cora Leahy a shout out. Saw yeah. that she was praying with her kids on the way to school, and that became uh, something that we just over the last few months we've started to do. Has been really. How, how do you get into that? How do you like? What question do you ask them, or what? Well, is it's it? interesting. Before I was kind of giving them a prompt, or Kristen would, "Hey, let's pray for someone in our class. Let's pray for someone in our family." And now the kids like to do it, so they like to offer what we're praying for. Yesterday, Ella wanted to pray for trees and plants, so we wow. prayed for trees and plants. Of so, course, you did. Yeah. And sometimes we pray that Pastor Derek will be protected from the germs. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> oh my well, and then I sent her an audio message back, and Kristen said she was a little fascinated by you know hearing my reply, and so that was she really was fun. lit up to yeah. hear from you. Yeah. yeah, she kind of wanted to show it off to brother and sister. Oh. Pastor Derek <laughs> sent her a nice little message, right. so that yeah. was really cool. Yeah, that's great. So we're yeah. going to be talking about your message from Sunday, yeah. Jesus, his statement, I am the door. But before we dive into that, I want to know, what is the strangest experience you've ever had knocking on someone's door or someone knocking on your door? All right, so so we when I was growing up, and this goes back to like when I was a little kid, my family grew up in Cory, Pennsylvania, yep, which is okay. not too far away from here. And uh, we lived on maybe my fam- favorite street name, we lived on Random Road. Uh, <laughs> just perfect. Ran- ran- you know, a random fact. There it is. And um, so, but we had these, uh, we had these neighbor kids who were kind of, kind of struggling, kind of tough family environment. Uh, parents were probably a little abusive or at least neglectful mm. to these kids yeah. and uh, got to know them a little bit. And one of our kind of funny family memories that comes up all the time, it's not really funny, but it, it was kind of from our end. We had one of those uh, screen doors, those front screen doors that was like 
half door and then half screen yep, on yep. top. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. And and so um, in the summertime, the the main door would be open and just that screen door would be closed. And uh, we would, it, it seemed like like clockwork when we would sit down for dinner at our dinner table, we were in eye shot of the front door. Yeah. And uh, the, the two kids were named Mick and Rob. And uh, we would just see two little sets of eyeballs oh. <laughs> looking over the screen door. <laughs> And and hands, it was like Kilroy, you know, the the looking in. And uh, I remember my dad, uh, you know, just say, Mick and Rob, you guys want dinner? And uh, they oh. would come in and have dinner with us all the time. So that was kind of a funny, heartwarming, uh, really, uh, I think, gave me a, a, an insight into my parents' heart wow. for, for people and our neighbors. Yes. And uh, kind of welcoming these kids in. And, and uh, I'm not sure if they had food at home or not, but... But you know our table was always open to them, so that's so cool. But Mick and Rob's eyeballs above the screen door is is one of my lasting memories of a door. Yes, the front door <laughs> guests. Right. And and actually, I talked a little bit in my message about just you know what do doors do? Yeah. Uh, and this idea that you know they keep some things out and they let other things in, mm. and it's this kind of um, powerful imagery. Yeah. And and I think you know thinking about the power of hospitality mm. and and what an open door does for people yep. uh, is, is a really powerful thing. And to think that Jesus opened the door for us um, you to, know, come, to come, in. come into his family and to yes. come into salvation and those kind of things is just, I think it's just, just a powerful image you know, that, that Jesus used to describe himself. Yeah. Like uh, you tell that story and yeah. like, it's like uh, the, the funny and to think of neighbors just showing up, uh, you know, uninvited. Right. And then there's this also like convicting moment of like, who right. am I opening my door to right now yeah. in my life? So boom. Yeah. Joe and Cindy, Joe you and guys Cindy. are awesome. They did it. Thanks for setting yeah. the bar for hospitality. <laughs> exactly. Oh, love them. <laughs> love them. Yeah. They're great. That's so cool. So uh, we're kicking off this I Am Jesus series. Yeah. You know, first message was yesterday. We're going to do this series through Lent leading up to Easter. And we have a daily devotion book for people yeah. to be using throughout this series. And one of the things you've challenged me and us with is this find your chair, yeah. find your chair, find that place where you can meet with God every day in his word and in prayer and how transformative that is to yeah. build that habit into your life. And so I want to ask you, what is one thing that you do when you find your chair that you would encourage people to try? Yeah. So this is some people who've been doing this for years and, and want to switch it up. And some people are, are trying this for the first time right now and trying to you know find their chair and figure out what this looks like. What's something you'd encourage people to try? Yeah. So I, I'm going to start very basic. And maybe yeah. during this podcast, we can go into some more depth of specific practices or habits or whatever. Yeah. But like for me, the very, very first most basic step for people is to find a time and a place. Yeah. So like literally to make that a priority in your schedule, in your life. And so I know for me, one of the big, one of the big things is just going, and this, this actually changes for me over time. So it's not always the exact same. Yeah. I'm not a huge like creature of habit. I like to switch things up a little bit. Yeah. So there are seasons when the time is different for me of when I'm going to find my chair. Okay. But I think that time and place, and I think that's why the chair imagery is so important is because you know, it just gives kind of a very practical, like, there's a chair that you can have yes. that will just regularly, when you sit in, it'll be this reminder of like, meet with God. Yeah. You like find God in his word. And so, and, and scheduling the time, I mean, it's, it's similar to like any relationship, you know, if, you, if you're married uh, and you, you say, listen, I value my marriage so much that we're going to do a date night. Mm. Every week, Friday night at seven, come hell or high water, we're, we're going to make sure that we prioritize this. Yeah. And I think there's just such value in saying time and place, because if we just leave it up to good intentions, it, 
gets crowded out often. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I would also say this, and I, I have some specific practices. Again, maybe we can get into more of this down the road, but time and place is what I want to say. And, and I, I thought of an interesting analogy last night. So I'm, uh, I'm the, the dishwasher of our house. I've, I've shared this before. Yeah. Do you have, you have any, or do you have any chores that like you're the go-to? Uh, let's not get into this on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, I eat the dinner that is, is, <laughs> that is wonderfully made by my wife. That's my top chore that I'm most faithful in. Uh, yes. And, I, right. and I do dishes somewhat regularly. We'll just leave it at that. Well, it doesn't have to be dishes. I'm just saying, you know, is there? do you have a go-to around the house that uh, you're... I mean, not consistently okay. right now. Like, right. As you That's say right. that, I'm like, yeah, sorry. like no, dishes sorry, most sorry. of the time. I didn't but, mean to bring up a social subject. There's a lot of sharing. Yeah, good. And a lot of Kristen <laughs> doing a lot of chores. I love you, honey. You're the best. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, I'm the, I'm the dishwasher. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and I was just thinking one of my pet peeves, and I'm like a crazy dishwasher. Like now that it's my chore, I'm like all the way into it. So like, wow, my kids don't touch the dishes. Kim doesn't touch the dishes cause they'll do it wrong. Like, oh, so man. I'm so you're I, that kind of dishwasher. Oh, yeah, and right, I load the, the dishwasher a certain way. It's like, don't screw up my method of loading the dishwasher. Okay. Yeah. So, but one of my big pet peeves, and it, this just hit me the other night, and I'm, I'm having this little lesson with my children that are remaining in my home, is the power of water, okay, mm-hmm. on dishes. Yeah. And so if you have dirty dishes, there are certain, like, things that, that you know, stain those dishes, grab onto those dishes or whatever. And if, if somebody, once they're done with a meal, just comes over and puts a little bit Ooh, of water, yeah. just put a little bit of water in that plate... When I come to put it in the dishwasher and just want to scrub it off, it comes off like nothing. Right. But if it sits there for a day or two days or three days or a week. It's like cement. It's like cement. And I'm scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing. And I'm like, that, just a little bit of water is so powerful. And what made me think about this is just that, that finding your chair every day. Yeah. It's not maybe, it's not going to be fireworks every day. Mm. It's not going to be this like... Oh my gosh, God spoke to me and uh, you know, I heard his voice and it, it's not always going to be that. Right. But it is going to be a little bit like water in the in a, on a plate. Yes. And that it keeps stuff from building up. Yeah. And caking on to our lives. It keeps sin at bay. It keeps us in conversation with God. Yes. And and it keeps us in in a in a place where you know, we're not becoming hardened to the things of God. Yeah. And and having the things of the world kind of cake onto us. And wow. I think it's just that Kind of, you know, again, putting putting water in a plate is not some magic moment, but it but it it prevents me from having to do all kind of gymnastics to get stuff off of that plate. Right. And I feel like when people go for a long time without meeting with God, yeah, you can find your place in the, yourself in this place where you're like, I have to do all kinds of stuff to just try to get back to a place of yes. of center with Him. Yeah. You know. So anyway. Hopefully that analogy will resonate with people that it's not always fireworks, but just, man, that, that consistency of time and place yes. and going, God, I'm here for you. What do you have to say to me today? What's a nugget from your word that, that will make sense to me today? Yep. Man, that, 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 that is, a, is a powerful force in our life, even though it doesn't seem like fireworks. Love that. Yeah. Love that. I think that's really good uh, motivation and brings in a clarity why it's so valuable for people to start that journey, yeah. even though it can be intimidating. You're going to miss days. You're not going to be perfect. That's right. not the goal, just to keep meeting with God and letting him bring encouragement and let go of that sin, that shame, that anxiety that builds up. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. A little shout out. Pastor Sarah is doing a, a daily podcast. She is. Uh, go check that out uh, to go along with that I Am Jesus devotion book, and that'll be really helpful. And as Pastor Derek said, each week we'll kind of come back to this find your chair idea and get more practical of how can we do that? How can we keep growing in that 
and that habit. And let me let me just add one co- moment about the the Sarah thing, uh, Sarah's uh, podcast, is that I think one of the biggest struggles for people, like when they get to the chair, is to know where what to read. Right. Like, where do I start? What do I do? Whatever. Yeah. Like what we're trying to do through these, these mediums is just trying to make that easy for people. Like here, here's what to do. Like if you're just starting out, yeah, we've got that plan over at whosgrace.com read Sarah's daily podcast is going to help people just to kind of process through that reading that day. And, and man, if they have a plan, if you have a, if a time and a place and a plan, yes, man, you're well on your way to, 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 having your relationship with God go to the next level. And I've just hear, heard so many stories about people a few weeks in or a few months into that habit of how different their walk with God is and even their, their overall life. It changes yeah. their marriage, it changes their yeah. parenting, it changes their work, that daily meeting with God. So I can't wait for those stories to come in you know, towards Easter time as people have done this devotion book, uh, talking about that transforming effect of meeting with God. Yeah. It's awesome. Yes. Find your chair. All right. Um, so the, the big idea from your message Sunday, we're getting into your message now, uh, because Jesus is the door you are safe because Jesus is a door. You are safe. And, and at the end, you challenged us to ask Jesus as our shepherd three questions. What are you inviting me to? What are you protecting me from? And where are you leading me? And what I'm thinking about as I hear that challenge is, how do you listen to Jesus to answer those questions? They're such good questions. They're big. They're a little intimidating to hear yeah. him answer those, quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, but how do you listen for Jesus to answer those? So I'd love to hear your thoughts on yeah. what's that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, I would encourage people to, with, with those three, because you said they're big questions, yeah. I would encourage people to pick one. Okay. Um, you know, maybe pick one of those questions that you just want to wrestle with, with, with God through. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to, to hearing, and I'll, I, there's a lot of ways to listen for the voice of God. Let me, let me dial in on one, maybe, that I, that I use. I like questions like this yeah. um, to, to spur on my prayer life. And I think a lot of people think of prayer as praying words. Yeah. And I think a lot of prayer is listening for the voice of God. Oh, and, good. And, yeah. and the, the question becomes, how do you know if it's the voice of God versus your own voice or the voices in your head or whatever? And I think it was Henry Nouwen that said that, uh, you know, our thoughts go around in our head like monkeys jumping through a banana tree. Wow. You know, and I don't know if people can resonate with that, but I know when I, you know. Yes, sir. <laughs> right, yeah. Like when you try to settle down and go, okay, I'm going to focus in on prayer or I'm going to listen for the voice of God, it's like, da, 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 da. There's, a, there's all kind of chaos up there. Thinking about work, thinking about your family, thinking about a conversation you had that day, some conflict with a, with a friend, your kid's teacher that told, gave you a report, you know, whatever it is, right. all those thoughts are wrestling through. And so I think one of the, the first disciplines to help people hear or listen for the voice of God is to try to clear some of that stuff out. Mm. And the way I try to do that yeah. is just to write it down. Like when, when, a, when a random thought comes into my head about yeah. that, the temptation is to focus on that and to really fixate on that. And if I just write it down, it will help me come back to it later okay. and then to recenter my thoughts and, and focus on God. And I really try to, um, to, to, as I begin to clear out those other thoughts, mm-hmm. It really helps me to dial in and focus on on what God might be saying to me, and for me, it's that inaudible kind of whispering yeah. uh, voice that says, "Okay, now now that I've got your attention, yeah, here's what I want you to think about." And and I really try to then focus in on those thoughts uh, that God brings into my mind on these kinds of subjects, yeah, and say, "Okay, now now God, what do you want me to do about this?" And as I begin to do things about that, I, I see God beginning to work and bless, and I know that it was Him speaking yeah. as I begin to walk down that road of applying what he's, what he's telling me. 
love that. I love how practical that is to literally get a piece of paper, get a journal, whatever it is, write that question down that you're asking God to answer, and then have space where you can write down those distractions, those thoughts that come up, put them there just to get them out of your head and kind of like a surrender to God. And then I think, I don't know if this was part of what you're talking about, but as you're listening for God to be able to, to even write down in that same piece of paper, what do you hear him saying? What yes. do you sense? Like you said, it's not an audible voice, but just what do you sense him leading, leading you to? And I've found that as I've done that over days or weeks um, for, with the same kind of question I'm trying to ask God to bring clarity to, that first day I'm still asking, is this God or not? Mm-hmm. Is this God or not? Like, is this just me? Is this just what I want? And I'm, you know, I'm writing it down. Over time, it feels like God brings into clarity through that prayer, through conversations with other people. Okay, like the question, what are you inviting me to? Yeah. Peace has been one of, one mm-hmm. of those things for me, that God's inviting me to greater peace with mm-hmm. him. And that's just been confirmed that like, at first I'm like, is that just what I want? Do I just want peace? And I think God's confirmed that through that, that exercise, through journaling and then through conversations with other people. That's really good. I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I do think that, so, so for me, the two ways to... Uh, to bring clarity to those thoughts, the, the yep. monkeys jumping around the banana trees, is to to write them down or to say them out loud. Mm. And to me, when I when I put voice or pen to to those things, yeah. it begins to bring clarity and focus. And it's not this just jumbled mess in my head, uh, but there's you know there's some rhyme or reason to what's happening there. And and so I do think writing down or saying out loud our prayers or what you know what we believe God is saying to us just helps bring that extra level of clarity. That, that now we can actually do something about that. That's great. So, That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. That's really yeah. helpful. And I think people uh, who are listening and wanting to kind of apply some of that truth from Sunday, this gives them a really actionable way to do that, right? Pick one of those three questions, create some space to, to pray through it and listen to God to answer. I think that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Hey, this was one I'm pretty excited to ask you about. Okay. I know not everybody does. I know because I've, I've had the privilege of doing some sermons. Right. Not everything you want to say you get to say right. in a 30-minute sermon. Yes. And that's been one of the most difficult parts of for me is I usually want to preach like a 45-minute sermon, an hour sermon, and you have to take some stuff and say, okay, I'm going to save this for another time. Yeah. What's one of those things that you didn't get to say Sunday, but that you really like to share with people? Yeah. So the dirty little secret among pastors is that, that, that this happens. Yeah. And that for me, after my first take at a message, I usually have to cut it by half. To, oh. to, to what I will actually <laughs> deliver Sunday. And I had a professor one time say, say that it's, it's similar to dismembering your child. <laughs> because it is. It's like if you, you're, you... If you're you, listening to this yeah, sorry, on the way to, not, to school yeah, and you're don't. driving your kids to school, <laughs> we, we apologize for the graphic imagery we, from our lead pastor. We do, we do not condone dismembering anything. But the, you know, because it's like, you know, you, you kind of give birth to this thing and it means a lot to you. It's so and, personal. And you've dealt with God about yes. it. And it's like, I think God wants me to say every one of these words, and, but there's 12 pages of them and I need six pages of words yeah. instead of 12, which is, my, you know, kind of my length that gets me to, to, to our time frame. So right. anyway, yeah, there is a cutting room floor and it's deep and dark. <laughs> So, so like, <laughs> artists have, like, B-sides. Yeah, It's like the right. songs that don't... So this is, like, the B-sides <laughs> of your go. sermon. I'm like pretty it. excited each week to have a little moment to say, okay, like what it. was one of the B-sides that didn't make it to the, the, yeah. the message that we get to hear about on the podcast? Yeah, so, he, so here it is for this week. So yeah. the, there's the, the, the message this week was from John 10, 1 through 10, where Jesus uses kind of these two images of doors, of sheepfolds. And um, he, he gets to kind of the, the climactic moment at the end where, where he talks about abundant life. I've come that they might have life and have mm, it abundantly. Yes. It's this bumper sticker verse that we all 
are familiar with. Yep. But, be, but before, right before that sentence, he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And then he goes, but I came that they might have life and have it abundantly, right? right. So, so there's this idea that, that we're God's sheep, and I go to a little bit of length in the sermon to describe how sheep can't defend themselves against predators. We need, they need a shepherd, so they don't have fangs, they can't, they can't strike back, they can't hide. Like, you know, they're like chameleons can hide. Their noise isn't that scary. They're, yeah, bat isn't going <laughs> to, you know, do much. They, 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 the big fluffy cloud isn't going to hide behind a tree. Yeah. You know, they can't swim. They can't, they, they've got little legs, so they can't run. They, I mean, it's just a goofy image. But, but I think Jesus' point is, and the reason he chooses that unfortunate animal to <laughs> apply to us, is because we need a, a, we need a shepherd. We need a protector, especially when it comes to enemies. Mm. And so, when he talks about this thief, like earlier he talks about the religious leaders, but, but I really think he's turning his attention to Satan here. Yeah. And uh, part of what I didn't get in, to include in my message is kind of a, a treatment of our enemy, of, mm. of Satan, yeah. and how we need to be mindful of it. And I think there's two kind of extremes, two mistakes that people make when it comes to thinking about the devil. Okay. Uh, one is to give him too much credit. So there, you know, we've all met people that see the devil around every corner. Every bad thing ha- that happened to me happened by the devil. I didn't get the parking spot at Walmart that I wanted. It must have been the devil attacking me. Yeah. So so the devil's given too much credit. Kids left food on their plate. Right. The devil. See. Yep, got it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but 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 I think the 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 danger of the modern church is to give too little credit to the devil. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, I'm a sports guy, so it's kind of like the, the sports team, you know, if you, if you overestimate your opponent, you'll play in fear and, and not confidently. If you underestimate your opponent, there's a chance that you're not taking them seriously and they'll, they'll sneak up and beat you. And so I, wow. I think we have to find that middle space of we need to respect the devil, yeah, but we also need to recognize that we're on the winning team and that we have a protector that can protect us perfectly from his schemes. Yeah. And so, you know, just thinking about Satan, about people's um, response and reaction to, to Satan, and, and here's why I think we should give him respect. There's a couple of verses that, that I think we need to be mindful of, both of them written by the, John, the apostle, in some of his different writings, but he says, you know, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So it's like, you know, I'm saying that he's been given a lot of jurisdiction. Yeah. Um, that, that he has sway over. He also says, you know, the reason the Son of God came was to destroy the works of the devil. And so he's kind of putting high on, on the priority list for Jesus, why he actually came to earth, yeah. was to combat this evil force. This thief. This thief, right, yeah. who's come to, to steal, kill, and destroy. And I think that, you know, I heard another great quote that says, you know, for... for um, for one look at the devil, we need to take 10 looks at Christ. And, and I think that's a good, probably, ratio to, so that we don't overestimate or underestimate the, but the devil. But to remember these words also from John, where, who he says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And so we've been given this, this promise of victory, this promise yes. of protection and, and safety, but we're not strong enough on our own. We, we, we can't run from him. We can't defend ourselves against him. We need Jesus as our protector. And so I think it's this like encouragement. And when, when he says, I'm the door, right? When Jesus says, I'm the door, part yeah. of that promise is come into my sheepfold 
And what shepherds would do when they were out in the wild, in the sheepfold, they would build these makeshift folds with sticks and rocks, and they would, you know, just so the sheep couldn't escape. And there was a little doorway, but they didn't put a door on there. The shepherd himself would lay across the doorway at night to protect the sheep. And I think that image in our mind of going, we're protected. Yes. But, but we need to be in the fold, yes. right? We can't be out kind of goofing around on our own. We need to be in the fold of Jesus to be truly protected. So anyway, I, I, that was one of the things, you know, I, and I could go on and on, but I, but, but I think that was one of the, the points that, you know, when he says we have an enemy and he's yeah. real, I'm afraid that our church, the church in general, thinks of the devil as this you're a red guy in leotards and horns on his head that shouldn't be taken seriously. And it's like, no, no, no. Jesus took him seriously. Yeah, there's and, a real battle going on. Oh, yeah. And one of the main titles that Jesus gives the devil, he's a liar. And so he, he just lies and lies and lies. And I think for us, as we wrestle through how do we overcome Satan, yes, is to really focus in on how do we overcome the lies that he's telling us. Amen. And his chief lie is lies about God. He's saying God can't be trusted. And look back at Adam and Eve. God can't be trusted. God really say that? Did he really say that you shouldn't eat from that tree? And he calls into question the reliability of God. And I think he does it all the time Wow! in, in our times. Yes. And we have to figure out what are those lies that I'm believing because they are the cause of every sin, every temptation, every waywardness from the ways of God are, could be traced right back to lies that we're believing. Yeah. And those lies come from Satan himself. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think he's, a, he's sitting on our shoulder all through our life, you know, whispering in our ears lies every time. Sometimes he whispers one lie early in somebody's life, you're not worth anything. And that lie can plague people for decades. And I think if we can get in touch with what lies am I believing and how has Jesus spoken truth over those things, yeah. we're on a whole different wavelength. Wow. And you think about Jesus wanting to protect us from those lies. Yes. From the deception that Satan brings so that we could live in the truth of who he is and who we are. Like what, what, a, what a thing to embrace about what Jesus wants to do in our lives is to let him speak that truth yes. to combat what the thief is trying to steal. Yeah. Amen. Um, your joy, ultimately. He's trying to steal your joy in, in being uh, Christ's and knowing him. And, and so what lie do you need to replace with that truth from, from your Savior? I mean, I look at joy, I look at peace. You talked about peace earlier. I look at things like identity, you know, that he, he wants us to put our identity in other things. And uh, I, I just think he's an enemy that we need to be aware of. And, and the fact that Jesus is our door is the answer to, to, to what he's trying to do now. That's great. Hey, thanks for sharing that. Hey, I, think, man, yeah. I think for me and, and for everybody listening, that's, that's just helpful to, to hear the next uh, part of that, the next another aspect of that message from Sunday yeah. to really drive it home. So hopefully people are, are, are thinking about what that looks like in their life this week. Yeah, right on. This has been really fun. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this with you again next week. I hope yes. people will join us again uh, next Monday uh, or anytime when you get to listen to it throughout the week. But we'll re- release these every Monday uh, to, to do a deeper dive into the sermon and hopefully to help you live out that mission of making and being fully devoted followers of Jesus. Uh, we'd also encourage you, as Pastor Derek talked about, download that read plan at whoisgrace.com forward slash read so you can go through the I Am Jesus devotion book uh, between now and Easter. Uh, and we would love it if you'd share this podcast with some people in your life that you think would be encouraged by it. Um, they could be people at Grace, but even people outside of Grace that you think 
uh, would find this helpful, share it with them. Like and subscribe so you get notifications each episode every week. And for more information about Grace Church in Erie, especially for those who who are new with us, uh, we'd love for you to check us out at whoisgrace.com. Thank you so much for joining us and we're excited to catch you next week. Have a great week.